Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green on WGR is presented by Woods to Wedges, by Michelob Ultra, by the Western New York PGA, by Custom Turf, and by our home clubs, Fox Valley, Tantara, and Briarwood. It's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. And good morning. Welcome to TD Green. I'm Kevin Sylvester along with PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Brian Cozio on assignment this week. He's never on assignment. No. I'm the one who's always on assignment. <laughs> yes, he's, he's doing show research, as we call it. Yes. <laughs> well, we hope he comes back with some uh, great knowledge uh, on and, his show research. And some kind of tchotchke, like a coffee mug or something for us, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never thought, yeah. you know, that should be what I start getting at tour events. Right. Coffee mugs. Right. Because they break yes. in my house. And seriously, how many more quarter zips and golf shirts does Kevin need? Yeah. Right? It's a question Kevin asks himself all the time. Yet, last week, and those who... Uh, that's funny. I had a friend who texted me. He's like, I read your column. You're totally buying something at Liberty National. I'm oh, like, you have yeah. to know. Yeah. 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 It was uh, a special place. And I never saw someone as happy as you when you were kind of picking through the shirts at Donald Ross last year when we were at their <laughs> spot. They had all next year's and this spray, all the all the shirts they've designed ready to go. And uh, yeah, you you were gleeful. gleeful yeah. Guy. I. Um, well, I, I love Don, wearing Donald, our Donald Ross TD Green things today. I just look. I was looking. They just uh, were at the. So Vegas has a PG merchandise show. Yes, they do for the West Coast for, guys. For yep. the West Coast guys, but it's the spring twenty twenty. Right, because uh, as a PJ professional, the um, the Northeast and the North buy in the in the January for the year. The bu- busy season for the West and and Southwest mostly is the fall and winter. So that's when they go and see their merchandise and buy it. Yeah. Right. I was going to go to that show, but you know, I've just been out of town. T- you know. Go to Vegas for three days for another merchandise show to see the new stuff. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say was <laughs> Donald Ross, uh, you know, follow him on Twitter, retweeted some of their stuff. Stuff looks great. Mm-hmm. I had, I had well, For the Duster Challenge, the last time we were at Fox Valley. Which uh, is where we are today. Which yep. is where we are today. Um, it was a great event, and they donated some things, uh, prizes, for our raffle, which was awesome. Thanks again to those who came a couple weeks ago. And I went in there, and I brought my daughter with me, and she's like, oh, <laughs> I see why you like this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dad, you don't need any more things. Like, yeah, Dad, you got to stay up to date. Yeah. You know, you got to stay up to date. This shirt's from early summer. The late summer shirts are coming out right That's, now. Yes. And we're yes. going to fall. <laughs> yes. you know? Different colors in the fall, different fabrics. Yeah, there's a lot to decide. My but. favorite golfing weather is shorts and a, and a pullover. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I coming. I, I, yeah, I mean, not this weekend. We're warm this weekend. Yep. Forecast, hey, uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but forecast looks a little dodgy uh, yeah. the next couple of days with thunderstorms, especially today with thunderstorms. Jeff is a golf pro. Explain to everybody why they need to heed. If they hear the horn, what horn blasts will they hear or sirens will they hear potentially on the golf course? Well, first and foremost, yeah, it's just straight up stupid to chase another hole uh, when lightning's in the area. Yeah, um, I was in Rochester when I think it was four people got killed on a golf cart. Uh, you know, trying to but a golf cart has rubber tires. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, and um, I've almost been hit a couple times, so I don't even mess around. But there, it's not an option. Once there's a horn, you have to stop play. Uh, once there's a blast from the siren, you uh, play is begin to suspend it immediately. It makes it difficult as an administrator of events. You know, when you're trying to run an event, or or even like you know, we're a very 
Glen Oak's a very busy golf club, and uh, when you have an hour or two rain delay, it pushes everybody's tee times back and everything else. Um, but when you're running those events, yeah, you have to. You know, we don't have any special radar. That's my favorite too. Golf pros, PGA pros behind the counter, they don't have any special radar. They have the same radar on your as you do on your phone, and uh, you're always trying to guess and do your best, and you're always thinking about safety first because I don't want to be responsible for. But players are responsible for themselves out there, and if you're ever in a dangerous situation and you feel that it's in the rules, you don't have to continue play. So if you think the lightning's in the air you, and your playing partner wants to continue and you don't want to, you do not have to. That's a, that's in the rules of golf, just so people know. But, you know, running these events this time of year, uh, we have our club championship. It may be difficult. It just may take a little longer time. Sure. This is a tournament. You have to remember, you're, this is a championship, so you've got to get these rounds in. You can't... Uh, you can't. You, you, the last thing you want to do is make it a nine hole, or when it's a thirty-six hole event, make it an eighteen hole event. Tiebreakers become tough. All those different things that come into play. So, uh, so just go out there, enjoy your day, and if you get rained out or a little rain delay, use that time to to relax and hang out with your buddies. The uh, Women's U.S. Open this year mm-hmm. had a lightning delay, and there was an image that was put out. One of the cameras was just rolling and caught. Lightning striking a tree mm-hmm. right near a car path. Uh, no, you know, no, ever, the course had been cleared, been evacuated, and the lightning struck the tree, and they slowed it down frame by frame. It looked like a cartoon X-ray. You know, the cartoon oh, character yeah. would get X-rayed. You know, <clears throat> sorry kids, not the cartoons you watched. Yes, the yeah. cartoons we watched. On Saturday and you morning. see the skeletons, like you saw the skeleton of the tree. It was incredible, and that was proof. Yes, when they have uh, sound the horn for lightning. See, go go to the shelters, evacuate the golf course. Oh, I've seen lightning do some nasty stuff. Yeah, we've watched it blow up thing. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah. So just if you if you're playing today, if you're playing in the senior club championship here at Fox Valley, and you you get the blast or whether yep. you know, heed the warning and leave the golf course. All right, let's talk about. Uh, by the way, coming up on the show today, a um, couple of get great guests come up. Steve Beatty, custom turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk to him about. Hey, it's not too late to get something in your in your yard. Winter basement, you want to do that? I'm getting something for my garage, I've decided. Yeah, I'm going to cover my garage, but I get, I digress. All yes. right, yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then we're going to talk to Keith Blakely, the CEO and uh, chairman of Encore Golf. Encore Golf's got a lot of great things uh, going on and continuing on here in Buffalo. Eight years, I believe, Encore oh. Golf. So um, we're going to talk to Keith uh, coming up later this morning. All right, PGA Tour event. It's the second playoff event. It's the BMW Championship. It's at Medina, mm-hmm. redesigned golf course. Yep. And, you know, we people remember Medina when Sergio tried to beat Tiger when Sergio was a kid. Right. That was at Medina. Wow. Right? Yeah. And where he ran out from the tree. Yep. He, he was a little skinny string bean back then. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Um, before he became a villain. Yeah. He's not really a villain. Well, he, slamming clubs will make you a villain. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, well, all right, the emotion of it. I'm not defending Sergio's actions because they're mm-hmm. indefensible, right? right? We've all done it. Maybe you, I, I we, I've done it uh, have, in anger. I haven't done it in a very, very, very long time, though. Yeah, it's, right. It's something yeah. you outgrow, I think. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah I did it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a frustrating. And I game. immediately took, I, yeah. I, you know, just you know, the, the driver down was like ah, and then oh. took the divot tool out, fixed it, and apologized to the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, may, I'm sorry, there's no no excuse for that. Um, yeah, he's doing it in front of cameras. Well, everything they do is in front of cameras, and they they should be aware of that. And image and branding are super important to those guys. Um, the reason I don't do it is I know once you start getting that anger in you, you, it's hard to have rhythm. It's hard to stay in the flow of the round. You know, if I get if I get frustrated or mad at hitting a bad shot, that's not helping me hit the next shot any better. You know, or slamming the club, then I'm embarrassed. I mean, I've slammed the club into the turf and not damn it, you know, pounded on the ground or you know maybe flick my club at the bag or something like that. Yeah. You know, back at my golf bag, but. Um, the more you can, as a player, you can once you start to feel that sense of frustration build up inside of you, that's like a warning sign to take a step back or, or go in a different direction or try something different. Because then you know you're going to struggle. If you're that frustrated on the golf course, it's hard to it's hard to play well. So, um, you know, sometimes you have to accept hitting bad shots and I, I, just enjoy the grind. You know, some of my favorite rounds are. You know, you turn a 76 into a 74 or a 79 into a 77 because you just fought as hard as you could throughout the the whole round. Those are rounds I take pride in as a player. And so you can't let frustration get at it. So I don't see, you know, Sergi's a professional. If he's that frustrated, he should not be playing in the, you know, he should be doing something or seeking a sports psychologist or, you know, he, he can't do it. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, he's not the only one. So the guy who won last week, Patrick Reed, mm-hmm. 
Remember the oh. U.S. Open yep. sna- snapping the uh, wedge over his knee mm-hmm. after he chunked a-, a chip, didn't get the result that he wanted. We haven't and, seen and much th- of that from him lately, though, have we? Well, I'm, uh, no, we haven't. Yeah. And it happened at the Open. And when he was asked about it, he said, hey, look, I didn't hurt the golf course. Yeah. I'm not hurting any other competitors. I have to buy a new wedge. Yeah. Good. He has a good point there. Yeah. yeah. Right? I was like, okay, it's not a good look, though. Correct. It's not. It, it doesn't help the image. And another guy where it's been an interesting week for Bryson DeChambeau. Yes. Uh, pace of play. This is addressed in our newsletter this week for those of you who are TD Green Club members. Mm-hmm. Uh, check your inbox. Check your junk folder. It, trust me, it's not junk. It's our weekly newsletter. Uh, make sure you check your uh, junk box as the TD Green newsletter. We put it out every week. Uh, Jeff has a tip in there. Uh, Brian and I have columns in there. Brian's is on pace of play. I dress it a little bit. Jeff has tips on pace of play. Bryson DeChambeau has been the is the poster child for pace of play. It was JB Holmes earlier this year. Yep. Then it was Bryson because of a video a fan took of how long it took him. It took two two minutes and twenty seconds for an eight eight and a half footer for birdie. I like to and I saw a video where he paced off a seventy yarder. So he had seventy yards yes. and he walked over the hill and to the green. And, but and it took an awful long time. Let me let me just say this. He he walks fast in between shots. Right. He he walk the pace he walks at's not the pace he plays, but I think he does that to pick up, you know, to, to stay with the group. There are some things that he does take it, 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 he takes too long at, in my opinion. Um, but he's you know we haven't been put on the clock. Blah blah blah. There are other players that take longer or just as long, and I, I'm going to point out a couple of people. Uh, Witness this last week at Liberty National. Webb Simpson takes a long time to play golf. Like, he takes a long time between shots, going over things. Like, okay, Webb Simpson accomplished, but no one rips on Webb. But because they, they pick it up in other areas. It's not every single shot. Brooks Kepka, he needed two rulings. Now, this to me, this is where the pace gets off. It's because the cameras are on everything, and every time they need a ruling or even it's just a basic ruling, they bring an official in because they don't want to get it wrong because by getting it wrong, the penalty is so severe, right? I mean, strokes are are, matters. Strokes are everything. Yes, they're everything. People talk about fining them. I'm like, the strokes are fines. Yes. You know? (laughs) Exactly. Maybe bigger fines than a fine you're going to give out there. On the same hole, 17th, Kepka needed two different rulings, and they both took longer than normal uh, because of questions he had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he plays at a, a very fast pace. So does Rory. And they were playing together because they were one and two in the FedEx Cup point standings going into the event. And it was a treat, mm-hmm. you know, watching those two go, go, go. It made Matt Kuchar look slow, the mm-hmm. guy who's third. And Matt's not really a slow player. Um, you know, do I, I think they need it. Justin Rose also had a great comment after about it. Even he's tweeting to Shambo, hit the putt already. <laughs> right? But he said, how much time are we talking about here? 15 minutes? Like we're talking about, what are we really saving? At the here? end of the day. At the end of the day, are we saving 15 minutes uh, on the pro level? Here he goes. That's not a big deal for considering what they're played for. Excellent point. Excellent point. The problem is, all the young kids watching are, are watching them do all this stuff and take all this time, and it translates into their. You know, talk to high school and college coaches how long their kids take to play golf. It takes we, too long. We had the drive, chip, and putt at Glen Oak, uh, the regional qualifier, a week or so ago. And um, it, it was actually, you could see it bleed down into the kids. We got 11-year-old girls. You know, we limit them to two practice swings and boys. But there, there was a couple in particular. It took them a minute to hit their drive at a drive, chip, and putt. A minute. Um, that's an awful they long one time. Drive. They hit three. But each drive took a minute to hit. Right. It was painfully slow. Um, and, and I do believe that's because, well, and some of them are coached that way. You know, they're coached to be super careful. They're coached to be, you know, this and that. And, um, and, and, and but I also wanted to add to your point, you say it adds 15 minutes. It adds more than that because every time someone in front of you slows down, you can only go as fast as the person in front of you. So if that happens multiple times, then it's more than 15 minutes. It's not, you know, if I have one delay of 15 minutes. That's not. 
it holds up the field 15 minutes. What about if the guy behind me has a 10 minute? Then it starts right, to you know, compound itself. Right. You know, they said the same thing. Nicholas was always accused of being slow, and his response was that I walk faster in between shots also. So I don't know um, if you're going to spend a lot of time around the ball, then that'd be the minimum you'd want to do if you're a person that takes a long time getting ready to hit the shots. But you're right. It has bled down. We've talked about the College golf was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Um, and I do think – it doesn't help people play well, too. I know, you know, you look at the good players that, throughout history, you don't ever remember them being really, really slow, you know. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Brandel Chambly, you know, his job is to be controversial, right? Right, I yeah. Mean, he, he's, he wants clicks. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think he does his job very well. He's very opinionated. His job is to be opinionated, I should say. Correct. And one of his opinions was the slow player is not the rude player. It's the fast player who walks ahead of the, ahead of other players while they're hitting shots so they can get in position to hit their shots. I disagree, mm-hmm. frankly. I, I think especially at the pro level, you know, I'll, I'll, if I'm walking, I'll walk ahead and be like, am I bothering you? I'll ask. Am I gonna be, if I go up so I can look my shot because I like playing faster. I like preparing. I like to get to my ball. I like to look at my yardage. So when my partner catches up in a card, if I'm playing in a tournament, or it's my turn. I'm ready to go. Too many times, right, we see in your in, your, in club play, league play, where hey, I'm sitting in the cart waiting for my partner. No, get over to your ball. Yep. Look at your ball. Get your yardage. So if your partner's behind you, he brings the cart over, you know which club to pull, and you're ready to go. There's so, there's, there's so many things that we can do on a club level, public golf course level, amateur level here to speed up play to be ready to go. And if you're really, if you're focused on what you're doing, someone 20 yards ahead over in the rough waiting to walk out to the ball shouldn't bother you a darn lick. Oh, no, that's part of golf. That's If that's bothering you, that's on you. Right. And the other thing, you can almost understand why a Bryson DeChambeau might be slow in his preparation. That's how his mind works. He's a meticulous preparer. He's, yes. He's meticulous about everything, the diameter of his grips. Your average, you know, he's trying to get a yardage because he knows he can hit his wedge 67 yards if he needs to hit his wedge 67 yards. Your club player doesn't need to pace off to make sure after he's lasered it that, you know, it's not, um, it's 67 yards or whatever it is. Or if I'm 110 yards, maybe I'm 110. That's not going to be as much of a factor. Um, And I think it starts in the beginning, too. If you teach your kids, you know, parents will teach their kids to be slow. You know, I'll be careful. Nope, you you, you hurried that shot. You know, you see kids get up, they just want to step up and hit it. And I encourage that. You know, you want to get set, ready, set, go. Um, But um, to have them go through teaching kids, which I've seen, to have, you know, 15, you know, do this, make sure your left arm straight, get your, put your eye here, put the club down on the, you know, you got kids that slows down play, and then it becomes less intuitive. I think the game's instinctual. You know, I think people make it too mechanical, and that's where the pace of play will hurt you as a player. That's How many times do you play a really fast round afterwards, and you're like, hey, I played great. Uh, yeah. yeah, you had fun. You're getting a rhythm, yeah. Right, right? Yeah, yeah, I because mean, you're reacting to your target. So if you're sitting there and reacting to the ball and, you know, taking a very long time and going through this meticulous pre- – What's what's Michael Jordan doing or anybody when they're shooting jumpers? They're not thinking about their right elbow or their fingertips or That's all what that. Practices for right, yeah. He's thinking about reacting to his target. And, you know, if you're good players, I always say I talked about the pre-shot routine last week. Good players are looking at their targets and then briefly at the ball. Poor players are freezing over the ball and thinking about hitting the ball. Yeah, they have zero concept half the time of where their target is. They're thinking about their swing. If they thought about their target, I think they'd play faster and they'd make better. Scores. Well, it's funny. I, I took my uh, son yesterday, my older son. He hadn't played this year. We played yesterday, played nine holes here. And we had a little range thing, just, you know. Get warmed up. Get refamiliarized, you know, with a couple mm-hmm. things. And then in the course, and I said, hey, you know what? Just hit the ball. Mm-hmm. It's going to go somewhere, and it's going to land. Yeah. And That's the concept of the game. Right. I go, when it lands somewhere, we'll go there, we'll hit it again. And then, you know what? If you don't want to hit it, you know, if, if you're getting frustrated in certain holes, just pick it up and we'll That's go. Yep. Like, we're just out here to have a good time, buddy. But and it, there were a couple holes, so I, yeah, it, you know, he hit some good shots. Other ones, ah, all right, hey, pick it up, come on. As long as he had fun. But well, the, it, but but one of the reasons I said, you know, listen, we've got a group behind us, mm-hmm. like we we owe it to them to stay on pace with the group ahead of us. That's part of the etiquette of the game. And I like that this is kind of bubbled up, you know that yes. yeah that. Someone as great a player right now as Brooks Koepka and Roy McIlroy are talking about pace of play, pace of play, and they're and they're proving it. I, it's only good for the game. I think the new rules changes have helped speed up the game, and I think when the best players in the world are talking about pace of play, that can have a trickle-down effect. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's that is the best thing is that yeah. they're discussing it, right? Yeah. That it's uh every club everywhere everybody's talking about Kepka getting in the face of DeChambeau and right. chatting it up and pe- Rory's tweeting stuff and all that stuff. That's in every club, every golfer is aware of that now. So I think it's made people more aware of it and it should trickle down to to our, your average golfer having a faster round out there. Yeah, it it's well, one of the things, you know, people say, ah, it takes too long. Mm-hmm. Golf does. It takes too long. It costs too much money. A couple of barriers there. Well, one of the things we can do is reduce the time that it takes to play. And to me, four hours is probably the max that you take to play 18 yep. holes. And that should be everybody's goal is to play the front nine and two, the back nine and two. It takes I'm talking long. about as a foursome. Right. I it, mean, I can play as an individual. Oh. I can come here to Fox Valley, my home club, and – I could tee off at 8 in the morning on a weekday, and I could be done in an hour and a half. As an individual, zipping around. Tim Freeze and I um, have played countless rounds, walking 18 holes in two and a half hours. Just, right. and, and I don't feel like I'm hurrying. Um, but you're, you're just playing golf. But, you're not you know, socializing. Well, we're socializing as we're walking up the fairway and yeah. on the green. And, you know, you can talk while the guy's getting ready and stuff like that. Um, but it takes one group. It takes it could take one player to mess up a morning. You know, I don't know if we're going to do with a whole bunch of rounds. We have a club championship today. If somebody in the second group is all of a sudden just a rain delay out there, super slow, that backs up everybody behind him, and that affects the whole day. And that's why it's important that you. So how do you? What's how should players handle that? Meaning, how do you? How does the step? Do you do you contact the golf shop? They have a ranger sent out. How do you handle it? Rangers are uh, – people find Rangers adversarial. It's a difficult position to put anybody in because usually when you're confronting someone about slow play, they never think they're slow. Right. Um, or, well, I lost a ball. Or, hey, I paid my money. I'm going to enjoy my day or whatever it is. Um, we don't have – you know, we've kind of created a culture at Glen Oak of it, and on weekends we do pretty well, actually. And we, I think we're averaging 420 for a very busy facility uh, on a weekend. A lot of the times where it gets really slow, and that's a lot of people's introduction into golf, are those Monday events. When you have huh. 125 or 130 people playing in a scramble, those are five, five and a half hours without exception, without exception when you have a full field. And, you know, it's the blah, blah, blah. It's the giggling between, you know, it's not being ready. It's, a, yeah. you know, and, and there's a lot of beginners in there. And that's a chance for people to take the beginner golfer and say, hey, this isn't how we do it. But everybody has to be on board. Uh, everybody's got to be pushing in the same direction because if you have, like I said, if you have one group, everybody just piles up behind them. Well, that's why I require Michelob Ultra by playing those. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> responsibly. 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 But, yes, those can be. Um, but you know what? They're, they're for great causes. Right. You, yeah, always. Yep. Um, anyhow, we're going to take a time out here. Okay. we come back, we'll get a check of the PGA Tour leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we thought that was an important discussion. So think about that when you're playing today. You know, am I slow? Uh, yeah, look know. at yourself first. Sure, yep. right? Or if, if a playing partner says you're slow, hey, okay, what can I do to speed it up here? Watch their nonverbal language. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do they God. have the arms crossed, looking at you with the head sideways, <laughs> going, what is going on? <laughs> PGA Tour leaderboard coming up also. Steve Beatty from Custom Turf and Brett Keith Blakely, excuse me, Brett's not going to join us. That's his son. But Keith Blakely is going to join us from Encore Golf. All that coming up here on TD Green. Time for a check of the PGA Tour leaderboard. Brought to you by Encore Golf, Buffalo's Golf Ball, and by Donald Ross, the world's finest golf apparel, and by New Era Golf, headwear engineered to perform that never sacrifices style. By the way, I gave them all away, so uh, we got more coming from New Era Cap. Oh, Our sweet. Green. <laughs> <laughs> Popular item on my street. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves swag, yes. BMW Championship, second of the three FedEx Cup playoff events. Hideki Matsuyama shot nine under yesterday, course record. A day after, uh, two fellas shot the course record, including Justin Thomas, at seven under, nine under. So you want to be a tour player, huh? What is it, 7,500, 7,500 yards at Medina Country Club? Again, yes. You shoot people birdie half the holes? Yes, yeah. Hideki Matsuyama nine under yesterday. He's twelve under overall. Mm. By the way, I played one, I played uh, once. That was at Kapalua, mm. seventy five hundred yards. Yeah, and it, that was you know that w- rolled down some mounds to make make it playable. And I shot ninety one, <laughs> and I was like, wow, thrilled. 
Like, yes, the these distance guys you have to hit is a crazy. Matsuyama, 12 under par. That's a one-stroke lead over two players. Patrick Cantlay, who's 11 under. Tony Finau, another long hitter. Popular guy, too. Popular player. Uh, won, won once on the PGA Tour uh, at the Barracuda, I believe it was. Uh, 11 under par, Tony Finau. Justin Thomas after 7 under. By the way, the 7 under when he shot the course record on Thursday said he had one of the worst warm-ups he's ever had and went out and played great. Yeah, they don't always correlate, that's for sure. Yeah, He is he shot 3 under in round 2. He's two strokes back at 10 under par. Adam Hadwin, 9 under. Lucas Glover, Ches Reeve, Rory Sabatini, Corey Connors, Xander Schauffele, all 9 under par. Roy McIlroy is eight under par, so still in the mix there. And if you want to uh, wonder about Tiger Woods after withdrawing from Liberty National last week, where he just didn't, you know, didn't have it, oblique, yeah. didn't, didn't have it at all. He shot a second consecutive round of one under par. He is two under par, as is Dustin Johnson. Difference is Tiger needs to have a great weekend to make the Tour Championship next week in the top thirty in points. What, he come in 32, 33, finish, yes. needs to finish 11th or better? Yes, to move up, to gain enough points to move up. So that's something to watch this weekend, who, who, which players are going to make the top 30. And interestingly enough, the, the, you want to be number one going in because you'll be 10 under par to start the Tour Championship. Yeah. It works down from there. Can you explain that a little bit? Because that's a little – yeah, it's they're kind of – are they using the NASCAR model? Is that – They are using the NASCAR model, and here's why. Because you look at last year, Justin Rose did not win – he didn't win any playoff event, and he won the FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. So he won the, the big prize. Tiger Woods wins a tour championship, doesn't win the FedEx Cup. You had two winners on that weekend. They want it where if you win the tour championship, you're going to win the FedEx Cup. I like it. That's the deal. So you want to get there, so you're playing for positioning for the tour championship. So, so basically they want to so every player in the field has a chance to win the FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. But – in order to do so, so let's say Brooks Kepka goes in at number one and he's 10 under par. Brooks Kepka has to fight off the guys. who. So if I was number 30, maybe I started even par? Correct. Okay. You so I got to make up 10 shots on Brooks Kepka in four days? Yes, you do. I personally But if you do, do it, yes. it's worth $15 bucks. It right? should be worth fifteen million bucks. There yes, you go, exactly. An annuity. So um, that's the interesting thing there. So, That'll be fun to watch. That'll make for good TV. Absolutely. Yep. And I don't know. What to say, I would say for Kepka, does it bring any pressure? No, it doesn't bring any more pressure for Brooks Kepka. He's fine. Ah, okay, whatever. He might win by fifteen that week, then. Yeah. Yes, he <laughs> might. Uh, our champions to report, and then we're going to get to uh, Keith Blakely from Encore Golf here in just a moment. Our champions to report. There. Hey, if you're looking for something to do down the road uh, in Enjoy. Endicott. New York Enjoy Golf Club, right, where they used to play the BC Open. Correct. Uh, even Freddie Couples is there this week, from yeah, what I understand. Yeah, it's the Dick Sporting Goods uh, Open in Enjoy Golf Club, New York. After round one, Doug Barron is seven under par. Miguel Angel Jimenez is also <laughs> he's worth the trip. Seven under par. <laughs> yeah. Marco Dawson, Scott Perel, six under par. You mentioned Freddie Couples is there, and where is Freddie Couples on this leaderboard, Jeff? I heard he was there. Yeah, well, if he's there, he's way down at the bottom. I'm not going to make Mr. Blakely wait anymore on All that. Right. So let's let's go to our, our guest line here on TD Green and welcome in the chairman of the board and CEO of Encore Golf, uh, Keith Blakely. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Doing well. I have Jeff Metis here also, and uh, we're glad to have you. I'm glad to have Encore with us again this year on TD Green, not only radio and television, uh, so thank you publicly for that. But let's talk about uh, the history of Encore. It, I mean, it's am I correct in the years? Eight years Encore has been with us here in western New York. Well, I guess it depends on, you know, when you start the clock ticking, but I like to say it's been about seven years to an overnight success. Um, we, did get, <laughs> we did get started in the 2011 time frame, actually, uh, when I believe we were uh, down in Anguilla doing the Reuben Brown Charity Golf Tournament, which was the first uh, public uh, display of the Encore product and something that, that we were very excited to do. Uh, met a lot of great folks, including a lot of local uh, professional athlete personalities and that sort of thing, but, but got a chance to expose a brand-new technology to the world at that time, and uh, it was very well-received, and 
kind of juiced us, I guess, with a bit of energy and confidence that we could do something unique in the golf ball industry, and it's it's carried on from there. And, and uh, that evolution uh, from the hollow metal core golf ball uh, is, is evolved into the Avant and the Elixir, uh, the two balls on the market that uh, you know people are buying here in Western New York, the Avant, the two-piece, the Elixir is your your tour player type golf ball, and 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 now we've got new colors for those golf balls. We we had them at the Duster Challenge. Everybody loved the green. They wanted the green ball. Well, that green ball is certainly something that you can't miss. Um, according to the uh, scientific community, uh, your eye responds more to that particular wavelength of color than anything else out there. So. If you're having trouble following your ball because you're hitting it so far, um, that's, that's the color to be putting on the tee, I think. Well, it also looks cool. I think that, you know, and, and kids love it. The kids were all, I want the green ball. I want yeah. the green ball. <laughs> yeah, and the ball's yeah. doing well, isn't it? I've seen market shares definitely, uh, as a PGA professional, I've seen your market share grow and grow, it's, uh, especially with the new golf ball. It's got to be exciting for you. Well, it, it really is, and uh, we've been very um excited by the fact that the technology has continued to uh, not only evolve but provide us with absolute confidence that uh, this is this is still an area that Encore can differentiate itself in as you know Kevin I am not from the golf world from the golf industry uh, but we did partner up with one of the leading golf ball designers in the world who retired uh, as vice president of TaylorMade actually um, but he was intrigued originally by the hollow metal core technology because of its impact on spin rates and spin decay and perimeter weighting, which you hear a lot about perimeter weighting in golf clubs. You don't hear it so much uh, describing golf balls. And that was what the hollow metal core did. Uh, but we found ways with my advanced materials background and his golf ball design background to bring these elements together so that you've got a, a, an Elixir Tour ball that plays, I'll say, as well or better than any ball you can put it up against using some novel approaches to ball design, ball technology. And we haven't finished with uh, how far we can take the performance of that and still stay within the rules of the USGA. I, one of the things I, I teach a lot of beginners, and I always tell them, you can't use the cheap golf ball, the the rock hard uh, range balls, et cetera, et cetera. Can you explain a little bit to people what what spin and how the different dimples differentiate and and affect ball flight, and and why those things are important? You know, I don't think people understand if you have a ball without dimples, it goes nowhere, basically. It, absolutely, and there are a couple of things when you're talking about junior golfers that, uh, as you point out. You can't go with a cheap ball because the club head speed, whether it's off the, the tee or whether it's out in the fairway, that a junior golfer can apply and the amount that they can actually pinch that golf ball on, uh, on a surface is far, far less than what you know, an adult golfer can do. So the aerodynamic effect of dimples and dimple patterns and the amount of compression uh, that a ball will undergo at, at different swing speeds is really very critically important to how much loft uh, and how much uh, lift it's going to get over time. And, of course, if you think about it, there are, there are a couple of forces working on a golf ball after it's left the, uh, left the ground. One is gravity. So gravity is tending to pull it down the second that you've completed your swing. But that the backspin and the aerodynamic lift that's created by the turbulence, just like on an aircraft wing, is what's keeping it aloft. The longer you can keep that spin going above a certain rate, the longer the ball will overcome the pull of gravity and stay in flight. And that's what perimeter weighting delivers. It allows that spin rate to continue longer when the weight is near the outside of the ball than on conventional balls. So you put the dimple patterns for the turbulence, you put the perimeter weighting for that spin decay to slow, and now you've got the ability to deliver extra distance, as well as some other side benefits, such as you know, stability in the wind um, you know, and accuracy. And, and the other fight seems to be 
too much spin versus too low a spin. So there's the, you know, a high spin player loses distance on his drives because the ball's spinning too much. So how is that achieved in the golf ball? I get, if you understand my question, you know, you too low spin, the ball dives at the ground and it hits the ground too soon. Too high spin, it flutters up into the air and it lands too short. Right. So it, it, it's a great question. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, for golf ball manufacturers, there is no perfect golf ball because it depends on the loft of the club. It depends upon the club head speed. Um, and then after those two parameters you know, are considered, it does depend upon the ball itself. So you may have a ball that's absolutely ideal in terms of giving you the right trajectory. And Jeff could step up, hit the same ball, um, and with his club or his, his loft or his uh, club head speed, uh, wouldn't have the same result. So when, when people you know, are out there claiming they have the best ball, you have to ask yourself, for who? At what club speed? You know, at, at what kind of loft angle? So it, it really is a matter of finding a ball that works well for you and then hopefully improving and honing your game around that particular product and sticking with it for a while. And we've one great example of, of that was our relationship with Gary Player. So Gary, of course, uh, iconic golfer, you know, three-time Masters champion. Um, he's played every ball that's out there, has, has played a lot of the top competitive uh, balls that, that we go up against. And when he played the ball for about six months, uh, his comment was, look, I can hit most balls you know, as far as I need to hit them. He said, what I pay attention to is the feel. He said, I have to have the right feel in a golf ball, and this ball feels better to me, you know, than anything that I've played in 65 years. It gives him a sense of confidence about how much spin he puts on the ball in the short game, how much spin he's achieving uh, when he hits it off the tee. And, you know, although Gary's no longer in competition his comments, I think, apply to just about everyone who really is trying to become a better golfer. Yeah, Gary Gary Player, he teed it up at the Masters this year. That's right, he played that ball, it. yep. Played, First <laughs> shot at the Masters this year was which, by him, right? Yep. Yeah, which, <laughs> what That's a, cool. What a cool thing, yeah. uh, for sure. EncoreGolf.com. Keith, uh, in closing, uh, what's up next for Encore? Uh, we've got a couple of very exciting announcements coming up. Unfortunately, it's just a couple weeks to maybe a month, Kevin, <laughs> premature uh, to disclose them. But what, here's what I'll say. We won't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> yes. <we're>, <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean your listenership is that small? Come on. Um, no, no, no. You tell us, everybody will know. <laughs> what, 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 I can, what I can tell you is that, as you know, um, the founders – Steve Colton and, and my son, Brett Blakely, have always been uh, focused on the user experience. They want uh, how people buy golf balls and how they interact with the company uh, to be something that they enjoy. So Encore is focusing now on uh, extending that good customer experience to things like being able to gather data and really improve the game efficiently, effectively, in a fun manner, and then experiencing golf perhaps in different ways, not always on the golf course, uh, that allow you to, again, improve your game, uh, get exposed to the game perhaps for the first time, and, uh, and find ways to really enjoy golf without necessarily having to spend uh, four or five hours on the golf course and, and so those things are on their way, um, and hopefully things we can talk about the next time. Awesome. Well, uh, keep up the great work. We look forward to those announcements. Uh, thanks for Encore support of TD Green Radio, TV, and the Duster Challenge a few weeks ago. Uh, thank you so much, Keith. Absolutely. Glad to be part of this. All right. Keith Blakely, he's the CEO and chairman of the board at Encore Golf. Hey, if – you want to support Buffalo, support it with your golf game, too. Encore Golf. They are the Elixir. I play the Elixir. It's a great golf ball. Uh, if your golf shop doesn't have it, ask for it or just go to EncoreGolf.com. Heck, you can even probably stop in their office and get them. They've, <laughs> they've, been, like, no, they've been known to, They're in downtown Buffalo, and 
Um, Steve's going to hate me for telling the story. Yeah, now people are knocking on the doors at all. How come you're not open at 8? Yeah. It happened. He goes, you know what? Uh, come on in. We'll get you some golf balls. Yeah. So it, it, there you go. It is interesting, though, all the design that goes into it. I've been to a bunch of seminars on golf ball design and stuff like that. You know, lift versus carry. Even You can, you can even engineer in the descent angle of the golf balls. I mean, there's so much they can do. The science is, is, is really neat, and it, to me it's, it's really, really interesting. Golf ball fitting something PGA pros do. You, you know, it's something – people don't often think of hey and when you're fitting for a golf ball you start from the green and you work your way back as gary player said that ball feels great you know feel comes from the sound so um yeah if you're if you're trying to get better you know playing the right ball is a huge part of it all right we are going to take a time out when we come back we'll get our pga tour tip of the week we're live from fox valley club in lancaster one of our home clubs we'll be back with more after this on td green on wgr Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen up, golfers. Here comes the Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. Well, as you heard, tip of the week, we're going to talk about control. We're just talking about golf balls with Keith Blakely from Encore Golf and spin. Let's talk about controlling spin, Jeff, especially around the greens. Let's work our way back from the green. How does a player control spin? Some players, they want a lot of spin. Oh, I want to hit it past the pin and zing it back. And other players are like, no, I don't want that. I just want to hit it and check. I'm more of a hit and check guy. Yeah, most people want it to hit and check. You Very few players want it to spin back. That's you're pulling your ball. Sometimes the greens and the conditions are so soft that the ball will spin. Um, there's oftentimes, most of the time, you're going to want to take spin off the golf ball. So when you're trying to hit the ball as far as you can, you don't want a ton of spin. You want what we call high launch, low spin. What causes the ball to spin and go short? Typically, you'll see a guy who has too much spin. So I'm, I'm going to speak of a right-handed golfer. Their golf ball will start off low, go way up in the air, cut to the right, and drop steeply. So that's a, 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 a visual of a high spin shot. A proper drive just looks like it just was a, a baseball thrown up in the air, a nice high parabolic arc, and it comes down almost on the same arc. That's optimum, what we call launch window. How do you control that? What causes the ball to spin more? Um, speed. If the harder you hit it, the more the golf ball is going to spin. Obviously, loft affects spin. If you're hitting a pitching wedge versus a three iron, you're going to have more spin. Now, having said that, a three iron, which almost no one carries anymore. I, I carry know, one. Do you? For chip Lo- outs? I, no. <laughs> oh, I love my three iron. Lo- so you must be a shallow player. You probably don't take much of a hey, divot. don't talk about my personality. <laughs> yes, I do not take much of a divot. Yeah, shallow players so you work better with long irons, you know, and steeper players get away uh, with short irons sometimes. But um, So the a three iron will have more left to right spin because of the flatter face, where a pitching wedge will tend to fly straighter because it has more backspin. I do aim my uh, three iron uh, left of my target. And a cut bit. it a little? And cut it. Power yep. fade it? Yeah. I'm a power fader, yeah. yes. yes. Uh, and so a person who comes in shallow, which means it, the glove's swinging more parallel to the ground to be more simple to simplify it tends to put less spin on the golf ball a person that comes in steep so vertical and hammers down and takes deep divots tends to put more spin on the golf ball you want to be you want to find that happy medium and that's the optimum spin and that's how you get optimum flight for your golf ball and to hit it straight beginners often and and speeds don't create enough spin to hit the ball far enough so i you'll be on the range and you'll see a guy smoke one and it goes really low and flat and they think and they're hitting it you know, well, you could get them a lot more distance just by giving them more loft or a higher spin golf ball to keep that ball in the air longer. As soon as that ball is on the ground, that's friction. That's slowing the golf ball down, um, so it doesn't. You won't get as much distance. People love it this time of year because it's dry. They hit that low flat when it rolls a lot. They don't love it in the spring and fall when it's wet. So you want to find that optimum what we call launch angle, launch window. 
uh, a peculiarity of it all is um, if you hit the ball properly, you almost hit them all the same height, like your driver, your wedge, and everything else. One way, if you have too much spin, to can, um, if you're hitting a wedge and you tend to spin the ball too much and it sucks back, take two less clubs or take one less club, choke up, uh, move it back and hit like a little knockdown or a bunt. That takes spin off it because you're swinging slower and you have a flatter face. So there's less backspin and less speed to make that ball spin in the air. It's a shot most good players have. I play with a lot of young players and college players, and there's a back right pin on a soft green. They got almost no chance of getting it close because they hit the ball with so much spin. They hit it right next to the pin. It sucks back. They got 30 feet. An old-timer like me will bunt it in there with a 9-iron with no spin, land it 10 feet short, let it hop up once and stop, and I got a good chance at birdie. Right. Yeah. I I incorporated that uh, certain yardage. 130. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm like, man, that is uh, – I got a horse, a, a pitching wedge. Okay. And to be like, oh, I have my pitching wedge that far. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you hit it perfect. Yeah. Right? Right. And so It's carry distance is what's It's important. carry distance. And I'm like, it's just a little uh, – I'm worried uh, the nine, like I'm – it's a little short for the nine. Mm-hmm. But I'll take an eight mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll bunt, if you will. Correct. You know, I'll hit that little, tra- little trap shot with it and – I don't know. I'm just it just seems to be the perfect yardage for that. So that's what I play now when I'm 130, and and people at play are like, see this, what is that? And I hit this low like little stinger with the eight, one hop, and and, and usually stops. And and Kev, you fought. But I've worked at it a lot. Like this is not a thing. Like, I'm going to try this on a golf course. No, you have to work at it on the range to figure it out how to hit. Right. It. Yeah. And it's it you kind of trap the ball with a shallow move, and you, you don't hoist it up in the air. Right. You watch. You're on the PGA Tour. How many times a year watching good players? How often are they throwing their wedges way up in the air? Almost never, I would bet. There's a lot of flat traps. They flight it. Yeah, they flight it lower. Right. If they can, unless they have to carry a bunker. Right. So typically, if the pin's in front, good players are going to hit a little higher. If the pin's in back, they're going to hit it a little lower. Right. So that's that's the way you but, – but most good players are not just hitting their wedge as hard as they can and throwing it up in the air. It's a controlled swing with the shorter clubs. That's how they control their spin. Well, it also depends on course conditions. True. For example, last Thursday at Liberty National, which, by the way, mm-hmm. what a venue. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. They built it 50 feet uh, above. I think I mentioned some yeah, show garbage last week. Dump, right? Yeah, yeah. But by, by by Saturday, you're like, oh yeah, there's Statue of Liberty. There's yeah. Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been here three days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyhow, so the course was wet mm-hmm. on Thursday and a little bit Friday. They were firing at pins high mm-hmm. because they knew the ball was you it wouldn't know, spin. That moisture would, on the green will prevent. Will take scrub off that spin, right? And that ball won't fa- fa- pull back on them. But when it dried out. Over the weekend, zip. then they were flighting it lower. Yeah, because otherwise it, 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 it'll grip and zip back on them. You know, I get that question all the time. How come my ball doesn't stop when I hit the greens? First thing you look at is their golf ball. You know, if they're playing a cheap rock flight, right. that yeah. ball's not going to stop, right? Also, uh, contact. You know, if you have good, clean contact and good, clean grooves, that'll make the golf ball stop. If you're one of those players. Oh, cleaning your clubs matters? It actually does, yes. Wow. You know, and tour players are going through three sets of wedges, four sets of wedges a year. So, you know, there's a good idea if you have two of the same wedge, or if you're getting new wedges, save your old wedge and use that for practicing and keep the other wedge for, you know, keeping your grooves nice and sharp for when you're playing. Because worn out wedges, they affect spin too. Yeah, and and, what about groove sharpeners? Um, I, you know, I don't know how effective they are, and I don't know if they're, yeah, yeah if they actually start to, uh, uh, um, you know, if you they can, actually start to change your grooves, the, the right. grooves need, they, you might be, but I don't think you'd ever get caught for that. But they certainly are good at cleaning, and so is a little brush and some water right, or yeah. a wet rag. The yeah. little, uh, I like the little copper brushes. Like yeah. I have that in the bag. Dude. I have about 800 in my lost and found of those <laughs> right now, yes. <laughs> you might have one of mine because I don't know where mine. Uh, uh, the one, uh, you know, two different bags I use in one. I'm like, where is that? Two different bags, huh? And it's got that little, uh, you know, the, the little thing to clean the grooves out. That little peg. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there. is that right next to your counter and your beads, or is it <laughs> <laughs> attached to your bag with the 87 I, bag tags from all the courses you played? Uh, is that your bag? No, no, I don't keep every bag tag on the bag from every course that I play. That'd be ridiculous. I have some <laughs> yeah. that are on there, and I move them to some other bags. So you say you play? You have two bags you play with. How many bags do we own, Kevin? Uh, not to say this on the air. Your wife might be listening. Golf bags. Or yes. sets of clubs. <laughs> now we're going down a rabbit hole. Uh, golf bags. How many golf bags do you own? Like Kevin? Ba- 
to wait. carry your golf clubs in. Well, wait, well, wait a second. See, this is a, this is an uh-huh. interesting question. But there's many different categories. Jeff, for Jeff you. is asking me this because I acquired two golf bags from Jeff earlier this year, <laughs> but they're more of a decorative thing in the in the putting studio from Custom Turf oh, okay. in my basement. Gotcha. Those uh, uh, of clubs that I use, I started collecting staff bags, which is probably not a. It's not a a uh, for space saving abilities. It's not the the smallest thing to collect. One of my favorite stories is, uh, as being a PGA professional, I've been a title staff member for years, love their equipment, and uh, I get a staff bag every year. And I've been doing this for a while. After a while, I got too many staff bags, you know, so I put about eight on the curb uh, a year or so ago. Hence, <laughs> there's some guy in Niagara County has eight Jeff Mita staff bags <laughs> somewhere. Well, <laughs> You can't get year, the name off them, you know. Well, so. next year, sign it. We'll we'll auction it off at the uh, Duster Challenge. <laughs> they have zero value. They're, they're, the marketplace is you, flooded with them. Are, <laughs> <laughs> I, I still need, I like to have a staff bag for, you know, equipment that I use mm-hmm. or or stuff so um i need an odyssey staff okay. bag because you have the putters uh I, well here's the other problem you didn't ask me how many putters that's all oh, we're out of time <laughs> oh, here darn we're yeah. out of time if i had a if i had a staff bag for every putter i owned boy yeah. you'd need another wing on your house yeah we'd yes. need another wing on the house yeah. and uh maybe for driver too but uh, <laughs> uh interesting stuff on the spin of the golf ball there Real quick, uh, Tiger Woods, again, he's got to have a big weekend to make it next week to the Tour Championship to defend uh, in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. So that'll be interesting to see Brooks Koepka. Uh, It'll be interesting to see who goes in number one. Roy McIlroy has a a better chance of going in number one um, if he has a big weekend here. Because he's ahead of Koepka right now. Yeah, but if Matsuyama can win, I mean, it's vaults himself in great position for the Tour Championship. It's going to be interesting to see how things uh, pair out here. For the, you want to be in the top ten, really the top five, uh, to give yourself a score, to start start with a score. But think about weather conditions. If you're number one and you're minus ten, you should, <laughs> potentially you can just shoot par yeah. every day and still, still they win it, right? may not have to be your best. Hey, but you earn that throughout right. your play throughout the year. So. But I, I thought Tiger was – he had great comments about it. He goes, look, we're trying – I don't know if a perfect system exists. We're trying. We'll see how this plays out. Basic, you know, you know, people are criticizing. He goes, "Hey, hold on! Before anybody criticizes this, let's see how it plays out." Yeah, which I think is the the right thing to do. I, I, There's some pretty bright minds that sat around and they, they didn't willy nilly come up yeah. with that. We're just throw it on the wall, see if it sticks. They yeah, we're sitting around drinking beers and yeah. saying, "Okay, let's try and figure this thing <laughs> at out." At some here. airport bar, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> they have some uh, smart people that are trying to figure out the right system there. All right, we want to thank our, our friends here at Fox Valley Club for their hospitality this morning and letting us uh, come host the show here. Next week, we're going to be uh, links at Ivy Ridge. Yeah, I've never been there for the radio You've show. You've never been there? Well, I've been there. We've done okay. some TV there, but, uh, yeah, I yeah. played there. Nice place. Yeah, we look forward to visiting links at Ivy Ridge next week. Brian Coles, you'll be back from assignment. I mm-hmm. uh, we'll hope that all goes well, the research that he is doing for the show. He might be very tan when he gets back, yes. For all those competing today, not only here at Fox Valley Club, but in your club championship, Glen, Glen Oak. Oak. Yeah, good luck, gentlemen. Yes, and play ladies. well. Play fast. Play yeah. well and play fast. Theme of this week. Thanks to Derek Kramer back in our WGR studios. We'll talk to you next week right here on TD Green. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.